God and Mary and St. Patrick to you. You are listening to the Meditation and Mental Prayer Podcast, Catholics Talking to God. This podcast is predominantly about mental prayer and all the things that lead to mental prayer. And now for your host, Mrs. Christabel Pankhurst, Catholic teacher and theologian. Welcome to you, my fellow travellers, as we journey on the narrow road to heaven. And a special welcome to our listeners in Christchurch in New Zealand. In this episode, we will begin with a meditation on the Gospel for Quinquagesima Sunday. After that, I'll tell you a story about a rock in Ireland. As this meditation begins, it will naturally establish us in the presence of God. Then focus on the teaching of the two gospel pieces which intertwine in their message to us. The first is the Apostles being blind to the coming suffering of Jesus. The second is Jesus healing the blind man who shouts, Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus heals his blindness. The story that I'm going to tell you of the rock is a metaphor for the church. So let us enter into our meditation now. Imagine the scene. Jesus is seated on a large flat rock. The disciples have cast their outer cloaks on the rock to make it more comfortable. Peter is seated with Jesus and they are in deep conversation. The rest of the disciples are standing in a group nearby. If you want to go near to Jesus, you will have to pass by them. As you approach the disciples, you hear them mention something about suffering. One of them notices you, and they quickly change the subject. Thomas raises his voice slightly, so you can hear what is being said. They discuss the power they're going to have when Jesus becomes King of Israel. They are tempted to hope you will hear and envy them. John is not so sure. He reminds them again of the talk of suffering. Now look toward the rock again. Peter has got up and goes to join the others. Jesus turns his head, sees you, and beckons to you. Come, friend, Jesus invites you. Sit here a while with me. As you go forward toward him, your heart begins to race, and you're a little frightened. When you reach him, you genuflect deeply bowing your head in adoration. Then, as you seat yourself beside him, a beautiful calm fills your soul and relaxes your body. Jesus then asks you, Do you understand what is happening in the Gospel? You answer, I think I do. And you ask, Why are the Apostles blind to your coming suffering? Did your Heavenly Father make them blind? And why? Jesus explains, In the infinite wisdom of the divine, all things are perfect. How often have I told my followers that they must cry from the heart in their need? Yet I have also said that the Father knows your needs before you ask. Jesus, I am a little confused. So, 
Why do we have to pray? Why not give us everything without asking? Jesus smiles at you with love and just a little pity in his eyes. Take time to look at him and feel the warmth of love in the smile and the promise of coming graces in that look of pity. Jesus continues. Sometimes my followers are made blind to the future for their protection. I have a lot to teach them and it would be difficult for them to learn while fretting about the future. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. My apostles were Jewish men who were taught by a long line of ancient prophets. They were taught and read for themselves details on the coming Messiah. But their present teachers had come to ignore all the prophecies that warned about the suffering the Messiah would have to endure. Instead, they led the people to hope for a great king who would smash their enemies and, like David, rule over the kingdom of Israel and even the whole world. They believed this king would invite them to rule the earth with him. When I told them of my coming suffering, they were shocked. It was too terrible a thing to comprehend. They refused to accept such a thing. They were blind and happy being so. So why, Jesus, did you say anything to them? You would have known the outcome. Jesus looked serious. It was the most important lesson that they were to learn from me. To leave the world and come follow me along the narrow road of suffering. I told them in order that when it happened, they would remember that I had warned them. They would realise that it was my will to suffer. This knowledge would transform their lives. It would transcend their aspirations from a hope of a worldly kingdom on earth to the reality of the kingdom of heaven. This teaching is for my followers, all my disciples. It is for you. How often have I beckoned you to come to the cross and you were blind to my presence? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You lower your head. Yes, Jesus, I understand now. But what about the blind man of Jericho? That wasn't about spiritual blindness. Why does the church in the liturgy place those two gospels together? Jesus looks toward the man from Jericho and says, This blind man needed and wanted my help. Did you see how the world tried to prevent him from reaching me? But he was blind to the world. Had he not been physically blind, he would have been tantalised by worldly pleasures. It is unlikely he would have come seeking me. But he was blind and he wanted to see and was determined to reach me. In the temptation of the world, cry out to me, even when in the darkness of despair, and I will hear and answer you. Look now, this man, having seen me, joins my followers. You then notice that the disciples are ending their conversation. They're going to come back. You don't have much time. You must beg Jesus now. Jesus, I want to know in what ways I am spiritually blind. Show me my soul. Open my eyes that I may see you clearly in my daily life. How shall I mortify myself, Lord? Please help me, Lord. Have mercy on me. How will I become blind to the world? How will I see you? 
You feel the love that Jesus has for you. He says, You will find me at this rock. Follow my teaching. Lean on the rock of my church. Come to this rock every day, and we will talk and I will heal your blindness. You see that the apostles are coming over now. Your intimate conversation with Jesus is coming to an end for today. Jesus stands up, and they surround him as a group, and they move off. Look after the disciples. At this point, so blind, they did not know what was in front of them. Now they're filled with grandiose thoughts and plans for their lives. Like you and me, they're afraid of suffering. Like you and me, after the crucifixion, our eyes will be opened. You feel a little bit desperate, so you call after Jesus. Jesus! And he turns. And you say, What shall I do? And he smiles at you and says, Seek and you shall find. Ask and knock. And now your meditation has ended. You need to enter now into your thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this time together. This season of Lent, I will make a new commitment to come to the rock every day and meet you here. I love you, but I want to love you more. Your petition. Although I love you, Lord, I want to love you more. Give me the grace to do your holy will. And now for the little story that I promised you about a rock in County Kerry in Ireland. Kilvigadhaunig is a townland on Ceontra, which is the road that runs from Ventry to Ballyferreter in the county of Kerry in Ireland. On the side of the road, opposite the Atlantic Ocean, is a one-room schoolhouse. Outside of this, you'll see a large flat-topped stone. In the 1930s, the greatest pleasure for the children was to climb on the rock and try to push each other off. The strongest and most determined held their ground on the rock for the longest time. When we were little, my mother would tell us about the huge rock outside her school in Kilvigadhaunig. She described it as huge, with many children being able to climb onto it and falling off and being pushed, many of them pushed off by the bullies. Apparently every lunchtime the children raced to the rock, as if their lives depended upon it. When Mama went to work in Belfast, she was far away from County Kerry and didn't have the money to go back. In those years, I remember at the age of five, leaning against her knee as she sat at the fire and taught me my faith from the Penny Catechism. She told me that the Catholic Church was built on a rock, that outside it there was no salvation. She described how Jesus had said to Peter, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I built my church. She said the church was like the stone at Kilvigadhaunig. It was huge and strong. That the Catholic people rushed to it. That you could fall off it if you were not strong enough in your faith. If you were not careful of the people you went around with, they could stop you going to the rock. It was in the late 1960s that she and Dada had enough money to go home to carry on holiday. I was with her when she went to see her old school and the rock outside. We drove around Slay Head and stopped outside the schoolhouse. She pointed out the stone. Then she sat silently, staring at it for a long time. 
then very disappointed, she said. It used to be so big. What happened? When I was a child, it was enormous. Mama, being Mama, was now disgusted with the stone and ordered Dada to move on. She never mentioned the rock again. She didn't see the irony of the situation. Already the Catholic Church in Ireland was beginning to diminish. You can see it, can't you? The Church, the rock of our faith, the Irish, once strong faithful Catholics, swarmed all over the Church. Being children of God, we saw it as huge, and it was huge. We lived our daily lives on that rock, but bullies got on the rock and announced that this was not the only rock. There were other rocks, just as important. All rocks, all churches were the same in the eyes of God. Mama heard this. She believed it. So, the rock was no longer the only salvation to God. She was disgusted and moved on. She never bothered with the Catholic Church again. I'm pretty sure my mother, Bridget Kennedy, is in purgatory and needs help. In your charity, will you pray for her? Glory, 